your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. Bills Mafia, what's happening? Mike Lindsley back with you. Pandemonium Podcast, built-in Buffalo Podcast Network. Get us all over the social platforms. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review our podcast network uh, seven days a week, bringing you the content you deserve. Articles, video, audio, everything in between. Social media galore. Updates, it's great. Twitter is flying at built-in Buffalo underscore, so make sure you get us all over the place. Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. So I'm uh, recording this, and it's just going to be me today, no guest. Uh, I'm going to get into the 53-man, you know, some of the cuts, some of the takeaways, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and then I'm going to end the show with with some thoughts on Matt Ariza and that whole um, situation, you know, with the, uh, with the Bills uh, just, I think, dropping the ball uh, in more ways than one. But I'll get to that in a minute. Um, I waited for, <clears throat> you know, a good solid 20, 25 minutes to record this show, because I wanted to see if they would actually finalize the roster. Um, and I know my guy Sal Marana from the Democrat and Chronicle was joking, you know, <laughs> and I'm paraphrasing his tweet, but, you know, something like it'd be nice if they just, you know, here's the roster at 4 o'clock instead of dilly-dallying, um, you know, like all the other team, uh, you know, unlike all the other teams in the NFL. Although I went and poked around at a ton of NFL Twitter handles at about 410, 415, 420, and, and I didn't find one that had an actual... Uh, and maybe I was looking in the wrong spots, but I didn't find one that had tweeted out, here's our final roster, you know. Um, so as I record this, I'm going to jump around Twitter as details become available. Uh, I'm kind of treating this almost like a live radio show right now because, look, as I record this, a half hour ago, final cuts were made. So, you know, I'll go into it 15, 20 minutes into the show <clears throat> as things become available, great, but I have to get the show done. It's released on Wednesday, so uh, that's just where we're at. And so uh, let's just start with uh, about, oh, I don't know, five hours ago, Matt Perino from New York Upstate had listed the 55 players he saw out at practice. Uh, Josh Allen, who, by the way, has made the roster. Uh, Matt Barkley, Case Keenum, uh, and then you had running backs Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, James Cook, Taiwan Jones, Reggie Gilliam. Uh, receivers Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir, Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder, Jake Kumaro. Tight end Dawson Knox, Tommy Sweeney, Quentin Morris. Offensive lineman Deion Dawkins, Roger Saffold, Mitch Morris, Ryan Bates, Spencer Brown, David Quisenberry, Bobby Hart, Tommy Doyle, Greg Van Roten. Defense Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips, Ed Oliver, Tim Settle. That's your D line. Linebacker, and again, no surprises there. Uh, Edmonds, Milano, Dodson, Bernard, Tyler Medikevich, Balin Spector has had a you know, great preseason, Andre Smith uh, suspended, obviously. Uh, and then corners, Dane Jackson, Kyrie Elam, Christian Benford, Saran Neal, <clears throat> Nick McLeod, Cam Lewis, Taron Johnson, Micah Hyde, and Jordan Poyer at safety, as well as Jaquan Johnson and DeMar Hamlin, and then Reed Ferguson and Tyler Bass as far as specialists go. Uh, we know that the Bills are obviously going out to search for a punter. That will be a roster spot. Um, it was also released that uh, apparently, according to Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network, uh, cornerback Tredavious White will start on the reserve pup list. That's um, per him and Tom Palacero as he works his way back, and so therefore he's out 
for the first four games. So those are some updates for you uh, as far as where we're at, uh, who was seen, uh, a couple of cuts that did come down. Um, you know, OJ Howard got cut. Um, and now as I record this here, there's a bunch of things coming down from the Bills' Twitter handle. Um, 17 players from our roster <clears throat> we've released, according to Twitter, at Buffalo Bills. This was three minutes ago. I just refreshed the page. And uh, Matt Barkley has been released. Greg Mance has been released. Luke Tenuta has been released. Offensive lineman, offensive lineman. Offensive lineman Alec Anderson has been released. Raheem Blackshear and Duke Johnson running backs have been released. Tanner Gentry has been released at wide receiver, as well as Isaiah Hodgins, O.J. Howard again at tight end. Uh, defensive ends, uh, Mike Love, Kingsley Jonathan, Brandon Bryant, uh, defensive tackle Prince Emil, Emili, uh, C.J. Brewer, D-tackle, Joe Giles Harris at linebacker, Nick McLeod, who's had a pretty good preseason. He's played some corner and some safety, got into some action, uh, and then Jamarcus Ingram. <clears throat> but the 30,000 feet you know, look at this, you know, the immediate names that jump off the page – are obviously O.J. Howard and Isaiah Hodgins. Those were two guys who, you know, you, you kind of thought, like, all right, maybe there's an outside chance for Isaiah Hodgins because he had such a great camp. Now, again, the practice squad is always an option for guys who are cut. The Bills are going to try to look to a punter, um, <clears throat> you know, see where he fits in, um, you know, and, and, you know, go from there. Um, the Bills getting rid of Raheem Blackshear uh, and Duke Johnson, really no surprise there. Um, you know, I was thinking along the lines that, you know, Taiwan Jones, and we know that the Bills are so big on special teams play, uh, you know, and, and if you, you have a, a special teams part of your game, if you have that in your skill set, that versatility, um, you know, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be in there. Um, Taiwan Jones is one of those guys, right? Uh, <clears throat> you know, and I think we've seen the big difference between Quentin Morris and OJ Howard is that Quentin Morris, um, you know, is, is a special teams guy, but he's also under team control for a few years. And he's also a polished route runner and he's a polished pass catcher, uh, you know, compared to Howard. He has a leg up in all those, you know, he checks all those boxes, uh, over Howard for sure. Howard's probably the better blocker, but he had a great camp Morris did, and I think he deserves to be, <clears throat> you know, on this roster. Uh, Tommy Sweeney, they just love in the locker room. That's just the reality of it. He's got to step up big time if he's going to do anything with this team, uh, but but basically just kind of a, I don't want to say a handout, but certainly, a, you know, a, a favor, um, <clears throat> you know, to Tommy Sweeney. Because he's, uh, you know, such a good guy. Hey, we're a good guy. We're rewarding character. Um, you know, I, I guess that is the right move for the Bills. Um, I almost would have gone O.J. Howard instead just because you paid him and you got to eat the dead cap space. I don't know what the difference is between Sweeney and Howard as far as production <clears throat> on this roster at this particular point, considering that they're both, you know, they both would have been the number three. Um, you know, you have, you have a look here at Dawson Knox as your TE1 and then Quentin Morris as your TE2 who can play some special teams and all the rest. I don't know where, you know, then Sweeney at number three, I don't really know where OJ Howard and Tommy's, I don't know where the, 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 the difference is between those two guys as far as skill set and as far as production goes. I do know the big difference in terms of why Tommy Sweeney was kept over OJ Howard and it's purely 
uh, because of his character, and they love him, you know, in the locker room. So um, you have to look at that um, for the Bills. Uh, this is a team that is uh, is super, you know, tight knit. This is a team that is extremely, extremely, um, you know, aware of everybody else's surroundings. Um, you know, I can't imagine how hard it was uh, for for this team to deal with the Matariza situation. I just, I, I can't imagine it. Um, <clears throat> but here's some quick hit things to kind of look at with this Bills roster. All right, number one is for sure that Tredavious White. And now that I've gotten through all that, I kind of want to hit the big points here. And there's and there's like four or five of them. Number one. You've got Tredavious White to the reserve pup list, okay? And so it, it, it got a little bit longer, you know, doing this. Um, you know, he'll, he'll be ineligible to play for the first four games of the season. <clears throat> After those first four weeks, Trey White could be eligible to begin practicing with the team. The Bills would then have, of course, that window of about three weeks, right, from his first day of practice to elevate him to the active roster and then make him, uh, you know, available and eligible to play again in games. So, um, we'll have to just see where we're at after four weeks with Trey White. There's no doubt in my mind um, that that the Bills had a plan right from the beginning with this roster to be extremely heavy at defensive back. They went heavy with the defensive back numbers with the initial roster, right? They held on to 10 defensive backs, not including Trey White. Uh, and in total, there were four true safeties, five corners, and one hybrid guy who we all like, I think, as Bills fans in terms of Cam Lewis. And uh, it appears as the preseason, um, you know, was kind of drawing to the end that Lewis was kind of pitted against, you know, Nick McLeod. Uh, both had some safety in the preseason experience, right? Both had some corner. They both lined, you know, they lined up at both positions and both played on special teams. But, um, you know, they, they make the cut, you know. Uh, uh, these, te- these guys both are, are valuable players to the Bills, and again, it's that versatility, it's that skill set, it's playing corner, it's playing safety, it's being able to do a lot of different things, especially when, <clears throat> you know, we're still looking at week one, like, is Poyer going to be ready, is Hyde going to be ready, uh, all signs point towards that happening right now, but what if Poyer goes down, you know, what if Hyde goes down, well, now you're a little bit thinner, and you got to figure out where to kind of put people in underneath, and if these guys can play safety, and they can play special teams, and they can play corner... <clears throat> it's worth keeping those guys on the roster over many others. Now, the ugly Matarizes situation, obviously he was released, and I'll get to that in a minute. Buffalo has to find a punter, okay? They're missing a position, and it's punter, okay? The Bills have gone without a punter on the roster, knowing basically that a bunch were going to be ready and able to enter the free agent market, mm-hmm. as well as that waiver wire, <clears throat> which is, you know, an area you can claim, you know, punters right away. And, you know... There might be some roster shuffling and gymnastics and all the rest for this team, Um, you know, with some injured players maybe needing to put them on the initial roster first and you give them injured reserve designations. Those kind of things are all there to create roster spot one for a punter. Um, But again, it's punter. It's not that big of a deal. It's not, you know, let's not overreact to not having a punter. I know a lot of people got caught up in the 82-yard flip the field deal, but Matariza at the end of the day was a punter. He's not Josh Allen, he's not Von Miller, he's not Stephon Diggs, he's not Jordan Poyer, he's not Micah Hyde, he's not Matt Milano, he's not Gabe Davis, he's not Tyler Bass. You can go on and on and on, and I'll get to more Ariza uh, later here in the show. Uh, but again, he's a punter. 
And even though, you know, they got him, he had a great camp, he had a great preseason, he flipped the field at 82 yards. At the end of the day, he's a punter. That's what you're going into. Now, you could say, well, Matt Hawk didn't look that good last year, and punter is a really important position in the NFL. Well, this Bills team, remember, they spent a game last year where they didn't punt once, <laughs> okay? So this offense is so prolific, so able to have games where they don't need the punter that much, okay? That's it. It was basically just a luxury at the time. Now it's like you're back to square one. The punter is like the 52nd most important spot on the roster probably. And because your roster is so loaded, you know, the Bills roster is so loaded. Um, I mentioned special teams quite a bit. And the Bills keeping Tyler Medikevich and Taiwan Jones, uh, no question, you know, they, they keep those proven veteran players who just have continued every year to improve and to help the Bills on special teams. But you know what? In a number of position battles, um, you know, the special team factor, it, it really, I mean, I think that's something that a lot of teams are going to start copying, um, you know, that the Bills really value special teams and, and, and other teams have done this in the NFL as well. Um, in a number of position battles, you know, the special teams part really did, you know, move move the scales in the, in the favor of those players. I mean, Jake Kumaro is effective. He's experienced on special teams. Um, it gave him an edge over a player uh, like Isaiah Hodgins probably. Um, <clears throat> you know, you can probably look at the situations again at tight end here with Quentin Morris and Tommy Sweeney. They were kept over O.J. Howard, although I think with Sweeney, it had way more to do with the character in the locker room. Uh, and then you look at Balen Specter, a linebacker who was another player who I thought was unbelievable in the preseason and in, in games and all the rest, um, you know, in camp and such. Um, he demonstrated a lot of progress on special teams, and he earned a roster spot probably because of it. You know, it was an area where he'll probably get a chance to contribute before he sees time as a linebacker on this team because he's so versatile. He's so, uh, the roster's so deep, rather. But his versatility, his ability to play special teams and accept that role got him on this Bills roster. He committed to it. And that's, again, a credit to Bean and McDermott. They've done this where they've brought in people to enhance. And I've done a million videos on this. I've done a million you know, podcasts on this. They've done a great job at bringing in guys who are versatile, <clears throat> you know, great skill sets, play, can play in a bunch of different positions. But by doing, by bringing in a lot of these guys, it has enhanced the competition, and everybody who comes in, they have the understanding, they have the character, they have the football want, right, that they're going to compete, and they're okay with that. And so Balen Specter is one of those guys, right? He's a team guy. He was a really good college player. It's a hard transition in the NFL. The Bills have a loaded roster. There's a lot of guys ahead of him at linebacker. Boom. Go make your mark in special teams before you can, you know, get a spot on D. I love it. I love it. Um, Receiver-wise, the Bills uh, have kept seven. Uh, that was kind of a question beforehand. Um, I was thinking it might be six like the last couple of years, uh, but a lot of that had obviously to do with, you know, Kumaro, uh, you know, but uh, they keep Crowder, Davis, Diggs, Kumaro, McKenzie, Khalil Shakir, who I think is going to have a big rookie year. Marquez Stevenson. Now, Stevenson underwent foot surgery after sustaining uh, an injury early at Fisher uh, for training camp. He could be given that, you know, a different designation after spending 
uh, a day on the active roster going forward. So we'll leave him uh, there. Uh, but those are just some, you know, takeaways from this uh, from this roster finalization for the Buffalo Bills. And now I wanted to, <clears throat> you know, sort of get into uh, a very difficult situation with Matt Ariza and the Bills. Um, you know, I think ultimately the Bills, they made the right decision in cutting Matt Ariza. Um, I think what happens is that fans demand things and they assume that you know everything the second that something gets released. And that is just not true. Um, there are both sides to listen to. Uh, there's the accuser, there's Ariza, there's uh, attorneys on both sides, right? There's other people, uh, sources you may have inside the walls, outside the walls, <clears throat> you know, to get as much information as you possibly can. When an initial report comes out, you know, you... you for a fan to think that, you know, uh, that, that, that being a McDermott and everybody, you know, involved know everything, um, it couldn't be farther from the truth when it first comes out. Now, I will say that having said that, when the Bills did find out about these accusations on Matt Ariza, okay, I would say that the Bills did not handle things out uh, very well. I don't, I don't think that they handled things extremely well. Uh, I would say that they handled them piss poor, to be honest with you. And the reason I say that is because, again, I'm not saying that the Bills are supposed to know every single piece of information when the accusations are released. But the accusations were brought to their attention in July. Okay, They didn't know about Matt Ariza's, the accusations against him when they drafted him in April or May, whenever the draft was, right? There's no question about it, okay? There's no doubt. They did not know about the accusations, okay? And I think if they knew about it, you know, it was late April, uh, the draft. You know, if they knew about the accusations, I firmly believe Bean and McDermott would have stayed way away from them and gone in a different direction for punter or whatever position, you know, take instead of Verizon and then get a punter down the line, whatever the case may be, I don't think that they would have, um, you know, gone with Ariza. Now, with all that out of the way, the Bills did get the word in July that there was an act, you know, there were allegations against Matt Ariza and a couple other people, San Diego State, uh, in terms of a gang rape with a minor at 17 years old. Now, at, at that moment, I understand maybe taking two or three days, gather as much as you can, and then right away you got to make a decision. Well, what happened was time went on and on and on and on and on. Okay, as I record this podcast, Matt Ariza was let go two days ago. Okay, that was August 28th. <laughs> okay, four weeks or more went by before the Bills <clears throat> made a decision on Matt Ariza. And in that four weeks, in that four weeks, they took Matt Ariza's word for it. Enough so that they kept him on the roster over the accuser. Now, again, I am of the belief that you are innocent until proven guilty. And I realize that we do live in a world right now where it's guilty until proven innocent. 
I realize that there are both sides. I realize that the pictures have come out and it doesn't look good. I realize that it's a very serious issue. We should all respect women. We should all respect what you know they're feeling and going through. And if this happens to be true, it's just an absolutely disgusting situation with these guys who were involved in this in, in this alleged game, gang rape of this poor girl. It's disgusting. It's despicable. It has no place in our society. And they should all be penalized to the fullest extent, right? We all know that part of it. There's also another side of it that there's young people drink and they do drugs and they get into bad situations and, you know, and really older people do too. But in this particular case, you know, how much alcohol was involved? How much, you know, how many drugs were involved, if at all? Uh, do we have that f the full information there? I'm just saying, like, when you get this release, you think about both sides on that, on that, you know, th that way. Um, you think about the situation with her immediately too, like, okay, well, we've seen, you know, females in the past get involved with an athlete, maybe an immediate accusation goes against them. And then it's a, he said, she said, and maybe the, the woman was not quite all the way there, uh, with a lot of her reports. And I'm not saying that's the case here, but again, when you receive information like this, you immediately look to both sides to try to find a conclusion. The bills did not do that. The bills took way too long to release him, and you know they 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 took Ariza his word over the accuser. That was a big problem that that I had with this thing. When you think about the timeline, it just looks bad for the bills. It's a bad look for Bean. It's a bad look for McDermott. When you think about the culture and all the stuff they talk about and the teamwork and the bonding and you know standing up for each other and it's a brotherhood and all this sort of thing. Like our locker room is so tight, all those sorts of things. Well, I mean. What about the players now? Do they, you know, lose some respect for Bean and McDermott there? I, I mean, I'm hoping that they can heal this thing pretty quickly. But the bottom line is, it was released. The bill should have taken a day or two. I don't care if you pull all-nighters. Take 48, 48 hours. And, you know, you release a statement, whatever you have to do. Hey, we're gathering information from both sides. We're coming to a conclusion one way or the other on Matariah's status with the Buffalo Bills within 48 to 64 hours. That's or 72 hours. That's all you have to say. <clears throat> or 24 to 48 hours, 24 to 4, 72, you know, 96 hours. I would say max 96. Okay. And then you gather your information and you look at all those things that I just said, where you're guessing, you're, 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 you're trying to reach out to people on both sides, lawyers, you know, and, and, and sources and whoever else to look at both sides fairly and then come to a conclusion, which should have been immediately between 24, 48, 72 hours, 96, no way, too much. But in that range, <clears throat> what to do with Matt Ariza? And the fact that they took four weeks to take his word over hers, no matter what, uh, when a lot of this evidence and a lot of the things look really, really damning against Matt Ariza is unacceptable. And then <clears throat> to add more to this, another layer of this awful, awful cake Sean McDermott went on the most popular podcast in America, pardon my take on Barstool Sports, and said, oh, the punt god, and, you know, uh, <clears throat> he's a fan favorite already, and he's one of the favorite guys in the locker room. Whoa. So he had the accusations, whether they were true or not, whether McDermott believed that they were true or not, you can't go on a podcast and say that when you've been given information that a woman says that he, along with other guys, game raped her as a minor. That is not acceptable. And this is a Sean McDermott, again, who's, for the most part, a really good guy. Most part, has done great things for Buffalo. 
preaches culture, preaches character, and he got this gang rape accusation, right? And still went on a podcast and said that he's a fan favorite and a beloved guy in the locker room. Now, he knew and Bean knew, but why wasn't it said even inside the walls by Brandon Bean, hey, you know, we got this information. We got to kind of keep it inside. If you're asked about Matt Ariza, don't really get into anything. You know, just talk about the football part, right? I mean, that's one little thing. McDermott could have been asked about Ariza and just said, you know, the, he's got a strong leg, one of the you know the biggest legs we've ever seen. And I know that the part of my take guys keep, you know, digging and digging and pounding and pounding, um, you know, because they're jokesters and they swear and all that sort of thing. But this is no laughing matter. McDermott could have just flat out said, you know, we were high on Matt Ariza back at the draft. He has a great leg, and so far he's showing us that, uh, you know, he's a pretty good punter. You know, we're really happy with our roster, though, guys. Who else do you want to talk about? And just quickly flip it. Just quickly flip it and see what they do, right? Flip it. McDermott's savvy enough in the media to know what the hell to do. I mean, come on. So that was an ugly look, and it was an ugly look that, that the Bills took this long to, to uh, release him. Now, I do... I do think that they made the right move. Um, you know, I, I think that I'm sure that more details are going to be coming out. Um, I It's just an unfortunate situation. It's really hard to talk about. It's really hard to pro, it's process. Um, you know, and there there's people just either on both sides that are, you know, saying one thing and the next. Like the woman, you know, says that she was inebriated. Um, arriving at the party, and then she says that Ariza gave her a drink that she later believed contained other intoxicating substances. You know, Ariza says no. Ariza's lawyer says he wasn't even there. Uh, so this is what happens in these spots. We don't know what happened. We were not there. She claims the sexual abuse went on for about an hour and a half uh, before the party was eventually shut down in, uh, in the suit. Uh, she says that she stumbled out of the room bloody and crying. Um, listen, these details are just, they're, they're hard to read and comprehend. And, you know, uh, it's an unfortunate situation, but all I know is that, you know, more details are going to come out. Um, there's an ongoing investigation on both sides, but Matariza is not a Buffalo Bill. And ultimately that was the right move. I just hope Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, and again, because I wasn't there either, and we don't have all the details, Matt Ariza could very well be innocent. And I'm not saying that, that you know, guilty before, uh, you know, until proven innocent. I'm not saying that that's what this necessarily is. But it is a distraction. And it is something that was a major story and a major thing that can affect a team that is vying for a championship, has a roster that's loaded, has everything in place to make a run despite you know how hard the AFC is and all the rest, but, you know, despite all the pressure, the hype, the, the betting odds, all the stuff that we've talked about for months on end as we approach the Thursday night kickoff of the NFL season with the Bills visiting the Super Bowl champion Rams, right? All of it, they're in a position to get it done. It's in front of them. If they handle their own business and they play better football than everybody else, they can win a Super Bowl. Matt Ariza, and guessing if he gang-raped a woman, gang-raped a, a minor with other people, guessing if it happened or guessing if it didn't happen should not be a part of your team. That's what I'm getting at.
And while you're doing that, continuing to be sensitive towards a possible victim here in this young girl. And listen, I have a daughter, okay? A lot of you out there listening have a daughter. And all we want for our kids, we want them to be healthy and we want to protect them, right? And goodness, I mean, the details, the horrific, you know, different timeline things and, and just the thought of this, it just, it's awful. But again, and I'll close with this, going back on the timeline, the, this is what should have happened. The Bills find out about this in July. They didn't know about it, as I mentioned, in late April. Okay, time goes on, boom, 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 camp, whatever. You find out about it in July, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, okay? You then take 24 to 48 hours, 72 max, to decide what to do one way or the other, listening to both sides, Ariza, uh, the accuser's attorney. The Bills also didn't reach back out to the attorney, which was garbage. They should have done that. I left that out. Um, you know, finding, gathering information, et cetera, trying to get facts to this thing, and then deciding one way or the other. And while this is going on, you know, Sean McDermott, please either A, don't go on, pardon my take, you know, when you know this information because you know that those guys will probably bring up Matt Ariza and at that point you can't say anything positive about him. Or if you do go on the podcast and you have this information, you know, just move on from Matt Ariza and mention quickly something about football and just move on to other roster things, you know. Um, you know, so those things should have happened the Bills taking Matt Ariza's word over the accuser, no matter what the exact situation is, was, played out, etc., is irresponsible. Um, there should have been a decision made between 24 and 48 hours, 72 max, one way or the other, regardless of how guilty or not these guys are, including Ariza, the Bills handled it poorly. They ultimately go to the right conclusion. They ultimately make the right decision, but it just took too long. I would have liked to have seen them do something way more swift because, again, what's in front of you is continued sensitivity towards the possible victim and you have a football situation in place where you want to kind of keep up that character, keep up that you know culture that you've been talking about forever, which has led you into roster construction of arguably the best one in the NFL. And that's all I would say on the matter. Thanks for listening to the Pandemonium Podcast. On the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network, I'm your host, Mike Lindsley. Make sure you subscribe, review, rate, and download the platform all over the place where you get podcasts on your smartphone device, including Apple and others. And, of course, you can follow our YouTube page. Subscribe to that. Follow us on Twitter at BuiltInBuffalo underscore. And, oh, by the way, we are every single day doing it. I mean, it's just every single day there is content, morning, noon, and night, social media, audio, video, and articles Go ahead and visit BuiltInBuffaloNews.com for more information as well. Thanks again for listening. You can hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports as well. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. Yeah.